Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Chris Canty in for Key today and with us now. ESPN college basketball analyst. You can see him on such platforms across ESPN as the hit show at 2 p.m. This just in on ESPN. Handsome host. Alfonso Ellis. What's going on, Fonz? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you doing this morning? So we've been to, how we've been doing this morning is great. The women have given us a lot to talk about in the tournament, yes. not just with marquee matchups, but with right. the kind of um, attendant social issues that sometimes come out of games where there is there are overlapping issues of race and gender and competition and all this. What was your reaction to Angel Reese's taunting of Caitlin Clark at the end of the game? Was it essentially what Caitlin Clark was doing? Did she take it up a notch and turn it into something else? And the reaction to it, what, you know, what did you think about the reaction to it and the difference in the reaction there to Caitlin Clark? Yeah, I, I, I was disappointed uh, with Angel Reese because Angel Reese is actually my favorite college basketball player. In many ways, she reminds me the way she plays, the intensity she plays with, her ability to get on the offensive glass, the fire and passion she plays with. It actually reminds me of the way I used to play the game, so I relate with her uh, really, really well. And when she did it the first time, I didn't. it didn't bother me as much. But when she kept doing it, kept doing it and stayed in her face and then uh, with the pointing of the ring thing, I thought it was a little bit. I thought it was actually a little bit too much and a bit in poor taste. So I was a bit disappointed there. But the problem, and, and here's the sad part, Max. Right, uh, what Kim Mulkey has done in two years at LSU is absolutely incredible. Angel Reese, of course, fractured her foot at Maryland. Uh, two years, sophomore year, didn't go as well as she would have liked. Junior year, likewise, and so she transfers to LSU and wins a national championship. And what we should be talking about is their dominance, particularly in the uh, fourth quarter. And now we're talking about all of these other issues, and that's the disappointing thing for me. Talking with ESPN college basketball analyst LaFonzo Ellis on KJM. And, Fonzo, I want to switch gears with you really quickly and go over to the men's side because I think the San Diego State-Florida Atlantic game delivered an amazing moment, maybe the moment of the NCAA tournament with Lamont Butler hitting the game winner. What did you make yeah. of that moment, and where does that rank for you in terms of all of the moments that we've seen in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, coming from the NBA where coaches give players so much freedom, uh, coming into college, I feel at times, at times, we have some brilliant coaches in college basketball who know more than I'll ever know. But I felt, I feel at times that, that, that you're, they're overcoached and not allowed to, to, to have some freedom. And sometimes those timeouts uh, late in the game like that can hurt a bit, depending on your team. Uh, and I thought Coach Dutcher did a fantastic job of recognizing how much time was on the clock. In fact, 
one of my coworkers was sitting with me at the game. And they were like, Fonz, would you call the timeout right there? I was like, uh, no, because it called timeout right there. Now you're going to play against the set defense. And if you push it, you, you could get some opportunities, uh, sometimes at the rim or find that defense flattening out and having to scramble. And so the fact that Coach Dutcher had told those guys, hey, we, you miss, try to get the ball to Lamont Butler, let's try to see if we can get to the rim. And, of course, Lamont's can bring the basketball up the floor with the mindset of trying to get into the paint. Uh, they did a nice job of pushing him to the sideline. And what I love about that moment is <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going, oh, no, I've seen this before. I've seen this before because so many college guys will take the basketball too deep into traffic and not able to pull the basketball out. And uh, he took that thing down in the corner, and I was like, oh, my gosh, he's going to get stuck. And then, uh, then all of a sudden he kind of regained his composure, uh, took the basketball slightly to his left little, with a little, I call it a swag dribble. And he actually got a stunt at him from his left-hand side. And most people, when they see a defensive player right there, they freeze. It didn't bother him at all. He kept his hips low, got into his left side, and then pulled up and knocked that thing down with beautiful form. And we'll be talking about that shot forever. I was so proud of Coach Dutcher allowing a veteran team to be able to handle that situation, I think, with under seven seconds uh, to go in the game. And, man, <laughs> we're going to be talking about that shot like we talked about Chris Jenkins' shot for Villanova for years to come. Oh, Fonz, and that, that's a poster shot too, right? Like that, that release, his elevation – over that, right? that's like one of those old school MJ posters that we had, you know, as kids growing up. I, I also, you know, you talk about the details of that. So many kids pick up their dribble when they feel like they're on that. When he went baseline yeah. where his foot almost went out of bounds, there's yeah. a part of me that thought he was going to pick up his dribble. But like you said, Fonz, the composure and he used that little hesitation move to the mm-hmm. mid-range game is something, man, I, I love. I, I do want to ask you about UConn, though, because in, I know when we were on set, uh, we have Frank Kaminsky on, guys, Max and Canty, and you would have laughed because sure. Charles sure. was like, yeah, what, this is what happens when you give the the big man the ball on the block. Like, Sonogo, yes, Klingon, their sides, man. Their sides is so intimidating. Seeing it on the court, mm-hmm. like their, mm-hmm. their, their intimidation and what they bring to the court defensively, do you think that gives them a, a, a massive edge today? Because I know SCU has the physicality. But the sides and a couple of the pros and the way UConn plays, does that give them the big edge tonight? It, it does because it makes it difficult to scheme for. Because remember, uh, everything from the NBA trickles down to college basketball. And in this instance, you know, everyone runs some form of uh, pick and roll. And if it's not side pick and roll, if they're playing against teams from the Big 12 that, take a, that keep you on the sideline, they run some type of middle pick and roll. Well, UConn's not dependent on the pick and roll game. They run beautiful uh, ball and body movement away. And, yeah, they'll end up every now and then with a little ball screen to get Sonogo in the middle of the floor and have him diving. And that's what makes it so difficult to guard UConn. So, you know, you, you see that Adama Sonogo is averaging 20 points a game throughout the tournament, getting 10 rebounds a game. So you go, oh, we got to take him out of the game. Well, it's hard to take a big man out of the game when you're not just straight posting him all night long. And even when they do straight post him, He's been so good at coming off the basketball at the right time. He had six assists in, in two games ago, and and you you mentioned it. I mean, their size is formidable. So even when Adama Sonogo goes out of the game, now all of a sudden you got a seven-two guy in kind of been clinging coming in, and he does such a nice job of controlling the middle uh, on the defensive end. And he's got good feet, good hands. He can score. He gets on the offensive glass and. Uh, they 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 are a complete team. And the only issue we had coming into the season, we were like, well, the weakness would be 
point guard play. And uh, Tristan Newton has done a fantastic job. He's not scoring a lot because they don't need him to. He had seven points in that last game, but he had eight assists. So he's doing a great job of managing the floor. And, uh, man, you're talking about a team that can flat out shoot the basketball as well. So it, it's, it's, it's going to be very, very tough for San Diego State. They're going to have to take away uh, UConn's transition game, and they're going to try to have to create some easy baskets off both uh, their defense, which will allow them to get out and get in transition and get some even-odd situations, and they're going to have to try to get on the offensive glass. Both things are very, very difficult to do. But I will say, you guys are going to have to be careful because they did turn that basketball over 15 times in that last game, and that could give San Diego State some three points in transition. So, But I still think you kind of win just because they have a, a lot more offensive firepower while still being one of the most elite defenses in all of college basketball. Mm-hmm. Fonzo, I'm about to take a left-hand turn, so stay with me real quick. But over the weekend, the MBPA and the NBA agreed to a tentative deal for a seven-year collective bargaining agreement that's expected to be ratified in the coming weeks by the Board of Governors. Within that, they're going to maintain the one-and-done policy as it mm-hmm. pertains to collegiate players. So my question to you mm-hmm. is, is the the status quo when it comes to one-and-done in college basketball in the best interest of college basketball moving forward? I don't think so. I would have preferred they do away with it. Uh, I don't know if the current circumstances were, but back in my, when it first started, it was almost like a, the only reason the NBA Players Association wouldn't give it up because it was like a bargaining ship, <laughs> right? But, uh, but uh, so you have two things in college basketball that make things challenging in terms of roster management. Uh, you have the transfer portal on one end, and uh, I, w- I was really hoping they'd do away with it so that collegiate guy, high school guys who had the ability to play in the league uh, could go straight to the league. It would help a bit with roster turnover. So now you will continue to have that same issue with uh, uh, a, a very talented collegiate player coming in, coming into college. Will he stay? Will he go? And then you combine that with the transfer portal. It's a nightmare for college coaches trying to <laughs> trying to manage their roster. So I was a little disappointed with that. But uh, you know, the basketball will continue to bounce, and we'll be fine. Fonz, do, you, do, you, do you see college basketball very quickly? I'm sorry, Max, for interrupting no, 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 no. Um, do you. Do you see it moving in the direction of, of kids signing two-year contracts with schools? Because I, I think, I, yeah, 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 yeah right? I, I, that, that I do. That feels like a, a feasible I, I answer, right, Fonz? Yeah, it, it is uh, from, from all directions because I, I said I want to see – I used to have a big, black, bold line between amateurism and pros – until Tim Tebow was put on that video game way back when. And I remember looking at my wife and I was like, sure, these, if they're going to be using these kids' images on video games, they deserve to get paid for their name, image, and likeness. What we have right now is not really name, image, and likeness. It's pay for play. You have uh, wealthy boosters who are literally uh, paying guys, not necessarily for name, image, and likeness, but because of, of their talent. And so at some point, two-year contracts are going to have to come to play. It'll help coaches manage rosters while allowing kids to get paid at the same time, which they're certainly worthy of. Alfonso Ellis, before we let you go here on KJM, UConn a blue blood? If not, what's a blue blood? Yes. It's so funny. Thank you for saying that. I, I, you look at, I heard someone say, I think in the last three weeks or so, that we have no blue bloods. It looks like we may not have any blue bloods in the Final Four. And I'm kind of like, what? UConn has four national championships, <laughs> and, and they've had that since 1999. And uh, and so I, my 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 definition of the blue blood are teams that have 
uh, won a national championship, uh, have, have, have sustained a level of excellence over time, over usually about a 10-year window. And, uh, and certainly pff, UConn blows that out of the water because they have four national titles and an opportunity to play for a fifth. I've always considered them to be a blue blood along with the Kansas, along with North Carolina, Duke, et cetera. May not be the biggest national or international brand as those guys, but in terms of national championships, uh, they, they can compete with them all. Lafonso Ellis, brought to you by Beacon. Beacon and Beacon Pro Plus app helps roofers get things done from anywhere 24-7. Beacon always building. Thanks, Fonz. All right, Fonz. Appreciate you guys having me. Blessings to you and your families. Thanks. You too, Fonz. Keyshawn, J. Max, ESPN Radio. Is UConn a blue blood? What is a blue blood? <laughs> 888-SAY-ESPN. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We almost getting to that time, Max. Yeah, what time is this? This is that cookout music right here. (laughs) This is <laughs> that's this is, right. This we is, are. This is when your uncle with the bad back get out on the dance floor and start doing that two step. We <laughs> almost getting to that time, Max. We're not quite there yet. Almost we, though, we you're right. There, though. You're we right. A couple there. more weeks. Yeah, I'm telling you, couple couple more more weeks. Weeks. The, the uncle you. used to cook on the barbecue with the cigarette in his mouth. And oh never yeah, left. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he wants you to go get 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 in one of them beers out the cooler. Oh boy, go grab me a Budweiser. You know, you know what that is. Serious question, Jay Max. On the grill, whoever's manning the grill, charcoal or gas? I mean, I got gas just easier. I'm, I'm going charcoal. You going charcoal, Jay? Charcoal yeah. tastes okay. better, but gas just easier. I'm, I'm not going all you out. You can't like be that. lazy when it yeah, comes lazy. to grilling yeah, food, I'm, Max. I, it's I, that's a exactly process. what I am. Why are you being lazy? Charcoal, the charcoal, the charcoal, the charcoal, something better. about it, it tastes better. It tastes, it tastes better. It tastes better. Not something about better. it. The charcoal gets the, into the, the flavor. Food. Yeah, no you know, you, you put some, you put some wood chips in there too. Oh, it's just so easy. It just sets Click, it off. It I'm takes good. it to a whole other level. Making me hungry, man. Yeah. Also, I'm not cooking Too anything fancy. You understand? I have three skinny little girls as kids, right? Yeah. They only eat beige food. You want a little beige something food? on it that has any flavor? No. They want to, you know, like just the hot dog in the bun. I'm not oh, cooking no, anything Max. fancy. That's how it is. I can't get them to eat. I can't. When they were kids, I used to give them spicy food, and uh-huh. they were they would eat everything. I'm like, oh, they're gonna grow up with a wide palate. Then something happened along the way. They will only eat 
the most bland looking food. That's because you started cooking with gas on the grill. Yeah, oh, probably. That's what it was. You got to be add a little bit more flavor, Max. I mean, if I would have had charcoal, that's, then that's, they bo- they that's would... borderline child abuse. Making your kids eat grilled food <laughs> with gas. <laughs> Oh, I, this show is the show of food snobs. All of y'all. Jay, Jay we, ain't, we ain't going to no cookout that Max ever owes. We ain't doing nope. it. No, but, doing uh, but I don't want you to co- invite though. me to the cookout. He'll First do. of all, I don't want to grill. And second of all, I want to eat. Well, Max, out. we would invite out. you to the cookout, but you keep wearing dusty Air Force Ones. These are not dusty. We can't bring you to the cookout with the Air Force Ones. These are not dusty. Chris, you got it. Max, you know how to play spades? No, I'm not playing spades. Oh, we got to work with you on that. No, no, yeah, I'm just, I'm Can you play Boo-Ray? No, I, I, you shoot ha- crabs. You, the you want me to shoot a little sea of carnage, play a little sea lover? You can do some sea lover? I'm taking the card away. Can you do some talk? Okay. He can still come to the cookout, Jay. You got to play dominoes, Max? No, I never really played dominoes. Oh, my God. What are you good for, Max? He just said he can shoot some dice. He can play talk. He can come to the cookout. We can play some dice. He's good. Hey. So, uh, so guys, back to the uh, so guys. <laughs> let's guys. cook with some gas. Let's take it off the charcoal grill and cook with some good old fashioned gas. <laughs> you kind of blue blood, yes or no? Yeah, they're blue blood, man. It's not even a question. What is a blue blood? How would you define blue blood? Well, I mean, listen, a blue blood is, I, I guess, a program that when a kid gets an interest letter from that coach that they show it to all of their friends and they post that on social media. Like, to me, those are the Blue Blood programs. Doesn't it involve some history? Like, how yeah, much you gotta, you gotta, back you got to have that, but it's blue one of those blood. situations like, all right, the UNCs, the Dukes, the Kentuckys, we know who they are. Right. And, and so when we start comparing UConn's program's resume with those other teams, I mean, Duke and Carolina have, what is it, Five combined national, six combined national titles since '99. Yeah, you guys got, got four, and they're playing for their. But I mean, fit. how much history, Jay? Do you agree there has to be some history involved, and 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 like, does it have to be like a little bit of stretch into that? Like, it it can't just be like five or eight or nine years, right? It's got to go back some. I mean, but it, it it does go back some. I mean, it yes. for me, like back some now is '98, '99. Yeah, yeah, right. That I guess like it's like. Guys, before I, like the year I came into school was the year that Duke lost the national championship in 99. I was actually at the game and watching Khalid Alameen, watching Kevin Freeman, watching Jake Bosco, like watching that squad play at a high level. Like they were, Rip Hamilton was on that team. Yep. Like that was with, you know, Jim Calhoun and Dave Leto. Ray Leto Allen. was the head coach. Ray, Ray Allen has played for that school before. He wasn't on that team in particular. Um, but that's a lineage, man. Like they are blue blood. That's not even a question. But like I, the reason I bring it up is I agree with you. They are. <clears throat> if they had done all the damage in the last six or seven years, I would say no. The fact is, when I say some history, <clears throat> and you guys bring up '99, right? Now we're going into the last century. We're in the third decade of the new century already. The game, the way the game has is played, has changed since then, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. they kind of span eras. Yeah, I'll give you another blue blood that nobody's going to talk about. Gonzaga, man, and they haven't won one yet. Blue blood. Sorry. Hmm. What, what color is their blood, uh, Chris? He claims Gonzaga's blue blood. It's the legendary, it's man. Blue-ish. They win their blue-ish. You call whatever blue-ish. you want. They win their conference it's every year. It's a new show on college blue-ish. basketball blue-ish. called right, right now it's like teal. It's getting, it's getting dark. <laughs> is it blue-ish or is it blue, Jay? It's blue-ish. <laughs> That's one of the top programs in the country. It's been that way for the past 15, 20 years. You got to yeah. win at the highest level, though. Oh, you're well, going to tell me here's Gonzaga's someone who's won at the highest level. Kim Mulkey, LSU head coach and national Good champion. morning. <laughs> morning, coach. Seems like a good morning, Kim, huh? It's a wonderful morning, buddy. How blessed I am. Uh-oh. Are we losing coach here? 
Yeah. Sounds like the, the reception. I don't know if it was my end because I'm here in Houston. I, I didn't know what it was, so I laid out. You get her opinion on UConn being a blue blood, too. I don't think Coach was getting enough credit for that suit she wore last night. Man, that is outstanding. <laughs> bringing it. Outstanding. Coach, are you back? I'm here. Great, great. Uh, great. To, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. What a blessing to coach this great game of basketball. I have coached some great ones. Max, let me let me just get uh, as a basketball purist. I just want to get her opinion on before we start hitting other issues that are more topical. Okay, um, Alexis Morris, coach. You know, people talk, people say things, and then there's some players who just get into it. They get into it, and her performance in the second half, it seems, and I, I know this feeling. It seems like you never really questioned her decision making in those big moments, and also the job she did on. Caitlin Clark, can you talk to us for a second about how impactful it was having Alexis Morris on the court? Alexis Morris's journey needs to be written about over and over again. Uh, I dismissed her when she was a freshman at Baylor. Loved her. Uh, a lot of times when you have to make tough decisions, coaches have players that they say, good riddance, you're a cancer in the locker room. That was not the case with Alexis Morris. She was immature made some poor decisions. Um, I just I had to make a decision for the for the sake of the team. But I always loved Alexis Mars. She knew that. I knew that. And she traveled around to two other schools. And then when I got the LSU job, she wanted to come back and play for me. And you said, well, why would you take some kids back and not others? I think it's how you handle the dismissal. Alexis Morris never blamed a coach for her dismissal. She always owned it. And it's so rewarding to hear athletes just say the truth because you know this. Parents want to blame coaches. Players want to blame coaches. I don't know any coach that wants to dismiss a kid from a team. It's too much of a distraction. But this young lady owned her mistakes. And, boy, I told her when I took her back, you write the ending to your own story, and has she written a bestseller? Mm-hmm. Coach, throughout the regular season, a lot of folks in the national media were critical of you all for not playing the toughest non-conference schedule. How good does it feel to be able to have this moment now and be in the pinnacle of your sport? What does the media and mm-hmm. what do the people outside of my locker room and my coaching staff know about what I need to play? I'm in, mm-hmm. I inherited a program that won nine ball games, guys, two years ago. Are you kidding me? I had one returning player that had any playing time this year. I'm trying to rebuild a program. And for people to criticize and think they know what we should do is just it, – it, it's almost laughable. And then – I kept telling people our schedule was done early. And then late in the summer, we had all these wonderful, great, talented transfers come in. I can't go back and redo the schedule. It's the transfer portal affects everything now. And I think people forget that. I think the committee that gives seedings in the NCAA tournament forget that. I can name two schools that didn't even get ranked all year, and they were better than people that were ranked. And I can also tell you that there were two schools that overscheduled because they were trying to please the selection committee, and they they played too many good ones. They lost, 
and consequently they didn't get a good seed in the tournament. So you do what you need to do for your respective team. You are the coach, and you know what it takes. Kim Mulkey, head coach of the Baylor Lady Bears, joining us here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max, four-time national champion. And I'm sorry, why, why? See, Kim, you still got me talking about Baylor. See, that's what that's that's what happens, and it's that's LSU. Okay. Congratulations. That, listen, sometimes I'll be in practice. That's okay. Sometimes I'll be in practice, and that Baylor almost comes out of my mouth, and the girls start <laughs> laughing. Um, it, it's, a, it's an understandable mistake. Yes, thank you. Sometimes I'll bounce back on the next play because that's what I was taught to do. I, I did want to ask there you about you all day, Coach. How have you guys um, – last night we obviously heard Angel Reese – talk about some of the things that obviously has been looming around this team about them being ghetto or them being hood and obviously how they've carried that with them thus far. How do you think the, um, uh, the feedback has been considering the Angel Reese, Caitlin Clark trash talking scenario that occurred? Well, first of all, I have to tell you after the press conference, my people had to tell me because Jay, I don't, I don't do social media. I have no clue what they were talking about while I'm sitting up there listening. And so when I ask more questions afterwards, they explain, you know, we do all know that Angel loves to be on social media. She's a magnet. She speaks her mind. She does trash talk. Um, Hell, I trash talk. You trash talk. We all love to talk it. But now you have a lot of people watching you and angel is unapologetic for who she is. And I think what happened is she made a sign on the floor, uh, toward Caitlin Clark is my understanding. Again, I'm repeating uh, secondhand information and it was the same sign that she said Caitlin Clark did in a previous game. But of course she didn't get attacked and angel said, I do. And she said, Coach, this is this is what I'm talking about. She said it's okay for men to do some things. And I think she gave other examples about they tried to say that she was flipping people off when she was, in fact, pointing at her ring finger like Joe Burrow did during the national championship game at LSU. So Angel is very, very smart, and she's very, very savvy. And she knows if she crosses the line and it becomes vulgar or it becomes something that doesn't represent me or LSU, someone will tell me and then I will get involved. Otherwise, if what I was told is all there is to it, so be it. Mm. Kim Mulkey, once again, national champion. LSU, Jay. LSU, LSU not Baylor. Yes, correct. Head coach, congratulations, coach. Congrats, coach. Congrats, Kim. Hey, guys, thank you. Have a great, great week. You too. You already having one. More KJM coming right up, ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Nothing worse than trying to sleep in the heat, man. <laughs> I got to have it cold when I sleep. It must be cold when I sleep. You Forget about just when you sleep. I'd rather fans. be cold than be hot. Right. Because when you you're cold, you can do something about it. When you're hot, there's nothing you can do to change it. Nothing. But when I sleep in particular, I need like I need it cold, man. I could deal with anything. got to go full commando, Max. Full I commando. was. No sheets. No I sheets, was. Man. Just let it out. I, but it didn't just. matter, man. When it's over 75 oh. degrees in the room, it doesn't matter. <laughs> What am I trying to make weight for a fight? It doesn't matter. Right? It's like you try to go to sleep in a dry sauna. What? Oh, it's no. the worst. Kids up. Got to get the fans, man. Got to go down to the We're going to have to get some fans today. It's unbelievable. 888-SAY-ESPN, 729-3776. KJAMS presented by Progressive Insurance. Chris Canty in for Key Today. People want to talk about LSU Iowa. Stacy in Florida, you're on KJM. Good morning, guys. Morning, um, I just want to say I'm I'm a basketball fan. I watch basketball year round. My sister's a high school basketball coach, so I think with a lot we trash talk. That's what you do. But a lot of fans they only watch women's basketball during the final four of the um, championship game. What Angel Reese did, I feel like it's fair game. Caitlin Clark did it, and Caitlin Clark handled it because she dished it and she took it. So I think the fans today. <clears throat> They just um, – when you don't know the team, you're looking at the team and you basically going to go with the team that probably looks more like you. So a lot of fans were going for Iowa, and then you had the minorities going for uh, LSU. And when that happened, I think a lot of people took it personal. You know, guys, and I think – so I just think you got to – as fans, you know your fans. But as players, they're on there. They're playing for a championship. They're going to trash talk. Hear you, Stacy. Guys, I think that one of the issues here is that there were actually pieces done in trying to build up the Caitlin Clark character for public mm-hmm. consumption about her trash talking and how good it was for the sport. So it's not simply that you have a white player and a female player who's talking trash, but she is being celebrated for it, it almost felt like in a conscious attempt to build up a character for people, right, that they could follow. Mm-hmm. And then when it happened and it was a young black female athlete, there was an enormous, like, knee-jerk negative response. Maybe had it not been built up as sto- – like, there were, there were really pieces and segments done on it about – maybe if there wasn't so much of that, there wouldn't be such an emphasis on now – analyzing the difference in how but, each athlete was treated. But, but I laugh at all this, though, Max, because like, uh, I know you guys always joke with me because I, I say that line, as a hooper, sometimes. But I guess just growing up playing ball, like that's not a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like These are very much common occurrences. AAU basketball, high school basketball, if you want to call that unsportsmanlike conduct to a degree, fine. Give, give a tech. Right. Give a tech. Yeah, there's Fine. a remedy for that in the rules. But like, yeah. yo, if, if there's trash talking, first off, I'm always trying to find something that gets me to a place where I am the ultimate competitor with you. Mm-hmm. You're Michael talk about that. You're Kobe talk about that. 
That's what they found for Caitlin Clark with the whole John Cena thing, with the, oh, don't worry, let her shoot thing. It's, it's irrational. Well, welcome to sports. Sports is irrational, people. So, like, my whole thing is, was it a, a tad bit excessive? Sure, if you want to call it that way, following somebody. But the fact that it goes to a place where we demonize her character, that's where I'm, I'm like, no, we're stopping that. We're, we're not doing that. Because people have trash talk, and it didn't go to that degree. And I just, I'm not going to allow that to happen. No, and I'm with you a thousand percent, Jay, into here, Coach Peck and Coach Mulkey, both whom are in the game, say that this is something that is more of the norm and that it wasn't an issue with Angel Reese did. I got to defer to that because they're closer to it than we are. So I, I just, I don't understand why we have to character assassinate Angel Reese because she, I guess, was trash talking or borderline taunting the darling of the women's tournament this year and Caitlin Clark, the player of the year. I just don't, I don't agree with it. I understand it. When you build up the character and you say yeah. that this person should be on a pedestal because they're great for the game and you praise and celebrate some of the intangibles that they have, including the, t- the trash talk, you can't then in turn demonize another player for doing that exact same thing. And I think the hypocrisy of it all is what becomes polarizing about the moment we saw yesterday. And, then, and Max, I went to Duke, so you I mean, you don't think I got I got called an Uncle Tom. I got called things that pressed me because of where I went to school at. Like I heard Jay Rose talk about this all the time with Grant Hill. He was like, "Yo, we thought we were nicer than them, but they got all the they got all the accolades. They got all that so like a lot of that stuff factors into things. You know what I mean? Perception, too." I think also one like the fact that Angel Reese herself came out right afterward, right away, and put a put a focus on this issue also helped blow up the issue, right? Because she immediately called it out and said, "Wait a minute, this is what was going on. This is what I did. Come on, everybody, it's a lot." It's not, listen, this was in they the end. But, but here's the thing, though, Max, Max. Think about that. They got yeah. called the, the ghetto and hood team this yeah, year. Right. But think about that, though, guys. Reports about that about your team. Right. Right. But that's, the, that? but that's the part that's so jarring, right? This is the biggest moment of her young life. She just won a national title. Sure. Against the most famous player in the world at that moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The player of the year. I mean, think about the road that she had to travel, and that's what she chose to use that platform for. That just goes to show you the, the differences, the double standard and the disparity in the treatment and coverage of black female hoopers as opposed to white female hoopers. And I think that's the part that we have to spend some time talking about. And that's when some of the people whose job it is and responsibility is to cover the game need to look in the mirror. You know, it's crazy. I'm not going to say, hey, it's too bad all this happened, so we're not talking about the game. That's, a, that's something everyone falls back on in this industry when, in fact, the media likes extra stuff because it lets us talk about characters and attendant issues. In this case, though, Game didn't need it. We would be leading with this game and the storylines. Now, it may not have taken over the whole show. Sure. But we, we'd be talking a lot about this period. There is so much here. Your call is coming up. Plus, by the way, the men still have to decide this thing. We know it's not as big a deal as the women's tournament this year. <laughs> but they still got a game to play tonight. UConn, Blue Blood, we've all agreed, against San Diego State. First time. Who wins and why? Coming up, KJM. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. I mean, we haven't asked this. The game is tonight. We haven't asked the question all day. That's how mm. big the women's tournament turned out to be. Yeah. I think. And the question is, should you lay the seven points with UConn? That's <laughs> right, the question. Exactly. Should you lay the seven? That's what I want to know. What's the wait, 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 wait? What's the over under, real quick? The so over under is one thirty two and a half. Ooh, oh yeah. Ooh. I'm taking UConn to cover. Taking them to cover, but are yeah. you going over or under? I, I don't know. I got I got to think about that one game. You got to break it down. Yeah, I would probably game. lean toward under. Under. I would lean toward under. Yeah, good defense. Yeah, good defense. But, yeah, yeah but and, sometimes, Jay, and sometimes San Diego State struggles like score like. They're talented, but they don't score in bunches, you know? They, their offense becomes stagnant sometimes. Jay, yeah. you were on some very dominant teams in the history of college basketball. They've been some very dominant teams, and I understand this era doesn't have the same level of competition because guys are in the pros almost immediately or they're also playing overseas to begin with. But you can only play who's in front of you, and they're whooping up on everybody. Connecticut's been beating the breaks off teams the entire tournament. If they finish the deal and cover – and cover. Yeah. Where do they teams, rank all good, time? Good teams win, great teams cover. Do they rank among the great this, teams this, ever? This, this, is the hard, this is the hard question. I'm going to ask you a question, Max. Who, who is Connecticut's best player? You know? <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. See? See, yeah. like, now, I, now, I, now I'm entrenched. Like, I, I follow college basketball daily. So, like, the, the branding around when you get into these conversations, you know, will this be one of the best teams ever? We got every day. People should know some of the names on some of the teams that are considered some of the best teams ever, right? Like, and that's kind of it's. And I know it's my job to inform people, but that's one of the problems I think with this tournament. Even them going through like a thirteen seed, a five seed, an eight seed, like they beat higher seeded teams. They're they're one of the most dominant teams there is in college. But they've been one of the best teams all year long. Uh, they were ranked number two in the country at one stint this year before they they had some troubles and some issues defensively, um, but it. it be one of the best teams ever of all time. I, I don't know if I can put them in that category. Yeah, but I don't remember any of the players from those old Duke teams. There's this one dude, little dude, real good. Christian Leitner. He won two Player of the Year awards. Christian Leitner, Grant Hill, he Bobby a, Hurley, back to back national. No, I'm thinking titles. of this other dude though. Um, 
He was real short guy, but yeah. like real good, Chris. Yeah. Like five didn't, two, didn't have five three. Ball, right? Whoa! No, not back then. Steve Wojciechowski. Wojciechowski. No, I'm telling you, he no. This dude was fire. Had a 40 inch vert, could shoot That's the right. lights out. Greg Paulus. Yeah. Greg yeah. Paulus. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying like you know, uh, Quinn Cook. It wasn't Man, Quinn Cook. He was even better than Quinn Cook, Cook, believe it or not. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm trying. Kyrie. Anyway, the point is, you can't always remember who was on these teams. <laughs> they're, they're, you, Jay makes a good point, man. You should be like, you know, those Duke rosters. It, when you think about the, the Fab Five, yeah, you know, they had some, they had some ballers, and there are not a lot of household names on this UConn team. Although Adama Sonogo should be one, but the he front, should be the front line size for UConn in this game. I mean, you got seven two, six ten, and six nine going up against San Diego State. I think that's going to be the biggest challenge for Brian Dutcher's crew is being able to contend with that front line size and physicality when they're in the half-court offense. I don't know if that's going to be possible. I think buckets are going to be hard to come by for the Aztecs, which is why I lean toward UConn, and I have no problems, no qualms with laying the seven points. Man, I thought Miami was going to be a close yeah, game, yeah. and they, they, they doubled the spread, you know, against Miami. UConn did. Yeah. The spread, I think, was five and a half. They more than doubled the spread. Yeah. I don't know. Jay, that's I feel a, like we should go with a parlay tonight, Max. Maybe. UCon- UConn lay in the seven, let's right. and let's take see, the under you, at 132 and I think, a half. I, I, you know I, I would that's do that. Right. I would do that. I'm on that. I'm on that. I'm we on it. found a good prop bet. That's I will say a this. I wonder, sure. I wonder, what's the, I don't know if you have it. I wonder what the prop bet is on Matt Bradley over or under points. Because, like, for him, like, the only way they're going to win, and he plays for San Diego State guys, he's like a 6'4 senior. He's like a, um, a strong, he's like a Boris Dial type of game to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's stronger than a lot of other people, and it's not quick, but can get his shot off. He has to be prolific tonight. Like there are yeah, times don't he do got the going. Yates thing. Don't do the Yates thing where you extend the parlay that one extra leg. Yeah, now you're yeah, not gonna yeah, hit. exactly. Yeah, that's well, it. We had a two leg parlay. We got what? We doing three, four legs. Oh, I know. Can, I'm just saying go, two is enough. Two leg parlay. Let's just be Jay. nice and conservative. On, we got a good parlay going. Yeah. Any good prop bets today, Yates, in this game tonight? Any good prop bets we should know about tonight? I want to take the first half spread. The first half total and the total of the game. What's the first half? What's the total? Well, we, we can't look at it in Connecticut because we're in Connecticut. However, oh, right. we're searching it right now. Okay. There it is. Okay. All right. But, I, Jay, I think you make a great point going back to your early point, like who are the best players on the team. Like I remember UNLV back in the day. Yes, Running Rebels yes, back talking. in the day. Oh, yeah, Vegas, baby. You knew the roster of the team. And it's not. It was there was a reason there was more media attention, right? Because they're – there was a recognition this is something special, this is something different, even in that time of great college basketball. For whatever reason, UConn has not gotten covered that way, even though they're, they're, they're killing teams. Like I would say, and this, is, this is probably going to be, I mean, the team from 99 that beat Duke, to me, is a more legendary team than this team. Right? Like that's one of the most legendary UConn teams of all time, man. Mm-hmm. That's got, you guys know like, how good Khalid Alamin used to be? Yes. Like, talk about a dude. Like, he had wiggle more than anybody. Rip Hamilton was on that, playing the same style of basketball he played for 20 years in the league. Yep. It was the same thing. Yeah. And Kevin Freeman was an athletic freak. Like, he was like Corey. It was him going against Corey Maggetti and Jake Bosco against Elton Brand, William Avery against, you know, it, that was one of the best games I've ever seen. And UConn won that game. They Jack- like that. Jay, I know so much of the focus is going to be on the players tonight, but I did want to ask you about Dan Hurley. If he is able to pull this off, where does that put him in the landscape of coaches in college basketball? One of the best. I mean, uh, upper echelon. I, I think, you know, so much has changed. I mean, think about last year's Final Four between Duke, North Carolina, 
right? Like now, look at the year that Hubert had this year with them not making the tournament. Uh-huh. Like, think about this for a second. It's just the predicament that Hubert and North Carolina are in. When's the lot? When, when have you ever thought you would hear the leading score and the leading shot taker for North Carolina transfers out of North Carolina? Never, like that, that, that's never, a state. Well, you, never. What, what, that, you never think you hear that. Never worry. So Jay Wright retired. Coach K retired. Bill Self, like he's still here, but he had the heart issue. I think Dan Hurley is one. Him, Shaka Smart. Um, there's a lot of young and upcoming coaches that are going to be the face of college basketball moving forward. And to think that Dan Hurley would be the most famous Hurley coach or Hurley name that you would know from Bob Hurley Sr. at St. Anthony's Legendary School and then Bobby Hurley played at Duke and now head coach at Arizona State. I don't think a lot of people would have thought that about Dan. And here we it are. It just occurred to me who I was trying to think of before. Jay Will. Jay Will. That was the little right. point guard on oh, Duke. Right. And you can catch Jay Will all over ESPN today <laughs> and tonight in Houston. We'll see if he shows up for work tomorrow morning. That's going to be the real test. <laughs> Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Chris Canty in for Key Greeny coming up. We'll see you tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Peace. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.